a relative in long-term care? Are you trying to get someone into care? Do you have questions about the care system? Welcome to St. Vincent's Veritas, the lowdown on long-term care for family members, brought to you by St. Vincent's Nursing Home. I'm Susan McLeod. And I'm Margaret McQuarrie. Hi, and thanks for joining us. Today, we're talking about everybody's favorite life event, moving. Putting your life in boxes and setting it up again in a new place. For seniors who are moving into long-term care or downsizing into an apartment, moving can be really stressful. They can't take everything with them and it can be overwhelming to know where to start and when to start. It's hard on their families, too, who might not even live in the same area or province anymore. It's tough to coordinate a move from away. But today, we've got a guest who makes moving a breeze. Let's meet Shirley. Okay, so our guest today is Shirley Blaney, and did I say that right? Yes, you did. Okay, maybe Shirley, tell us a bit about what your company is, Moving On Property Services, and what you do. Well, it's a company that I started about five years ago, and we offer flexible um, moving and downsizing services, mostly to seniors, and mostly to seniors moving into some form of assisted living. That's who the bulk of our clients are. What what got you started in this business? It was mainly from um, my own personal experience with my mother and father. So I live in Nova Scotia. They live in Waterloo, Ontario, and um, they needed some help. They needed to move out of the house and into an apartment. And I um, was fortunate enough to have a couple sisters who did most of the work, but I was sitting on a plane and I was working for a large organization at the time and wondering what on earth I would do if I didn't have a couple sisters doing most of the work because the company I worked for would have a heart attack if I ever told them I was taking a month off to go and clear out my family's home. And a month, I mean, I can't imagine clearing out a home in a month. It's got to take longer than that. Sometimes it does. So sometimes it's a huge project. I did one um, out just outside of uh, Halifax earlier this year and it took us o- over two months to do the whole thing. It's a, a big property, there was lots of stuff in the house but it does take a long time and that's going at it um, with a lot of uh, support and knowing who I could contact so if you're going back home and you don't know all of those support people or who you should contact or how you should go about it. It can take a lot longer too. Can't do it in a weekend. Certainly can't. Tell us a bit about what the process is. So at the point when people call you, and let me rephrase that, are people calling you at the right time? When should you be called in? Well, it's really interesting because when I first started the company, it was to clear and clean out properties for people that wanted to put them on for sale. And the clients that I was mostly trying to get to or that were calling me um, were out-of-province executors who all of a sudden land with this huge project. And um, But the problem was of getting to find out who those people are because we don't know them. We don't, they, mm-hmm. they all of a sudden have the project really quickly and then they never need it again. And uh, so uh, it was just a matter of who do I contact and how do I reach those people? So um, I figured out after a while of 
um, that maybe it was to do start moving people into assisted living and working with the organizations that do that, the, um, the companies that have assisted living properties. Um, and if they were moving, then all of a sudden maybe they would need the downsizing services or someone to help them clear out the property. And um, after doing this and coming up with this all-inclusive move package for people, um, that became the bulk of what the, the company offers. And, but we do do some of the cleaning and clearing out of houses or condos or whatever it is yeah. afterwards. But I find my clients then through the actual salespeople at the assisted living facilities. Okay. So they love the service because we do it. We just take it over from their clients and we handle the whole thing for them. So it's doing the, um, the plan, like the planning of where they're moving into, um, what the floor plan should look like. And then we do all the packing, we do the moving, and then the thing that everybody loves is the unpacking and set up on move day. So at the end of move day, all of their boxes and paper is gone, all their pictures are hanging up on the wall, all of the things are back in the kitchen, all of the bathrooms are all set up, they know where their toothbrush is, their bed's made, and it looks like when they walk through the door that they've lived there for months and months. And so for the assisted living places, that is so important because then they don't have somebody moving in that's now taking a couple of weeks to unpack and find all of their things. So they're not going to bed wondering where their toothbrush is or, or um, are there sheets on the bed. It sounds heavenly to have someone come in and handle all the packing and unpacking. And Shirley says she and her team can handle most single person moves in one day but it takes a bit of pre-planning. So let's hear about the process. And obviously you've, you've done some pre-planning about what you're taking over. So maybe walk us through that process. Absolutely. So the process is um, that they call me and we talk about it on the phone. They've um, been told about who I am and given my card probably by the salesperson at the assisted living facility or one of their friends who I moved previously and um, they call and I go over, I find out what suite they're moving into and I get the floor plan and then I go over and I see the actual suite and do all the measurements of all the walls and all the nooks and crannies so that when I go and see them later on in the day and they show me all the things that we want, we can figure out where it's going to go on that plan. And I find that it works really well because it's very objective. So I have all of the dimensions and, um, and when they say that they want to move an eight foot couch into a 10 foot um, living room along with four extra chairs and a coffee table and, and seven cabinets and we can quickly see that it's not gonna work. And so then we work out what the priorities are and we can come to something that's more realistic, but also meets all their objectives of the things that are most important to them mm -hmm. of moving into the suite. Because I always tell them that I'm not gonna live there. They're the ones that are going to live there. So I want to make sure that they're happy and comfortable. Mm -hmm. So after we get that done, um, 
then typically I've got, I know what the time frame is and I talk to my mover about what, um, where we can fit it on his schedule and, uh, and away we go. I get my, I get my um, setup unpacking people organized mm -hmm. and that's about it. So at, after I visit them, then we have the floor plan done. And I find that's probably the most important piece of the whole thing is to have the plan. Mm -hmm. As Shirley says, there are lots of things you can't take with you when you're downsizing or moving into care. And so many of our parents and ourselves have built up large collections of things. What happens to all that stuff? Well, it's, a, it's an interesting time that we're living in right now because um, there's a lot of the dishes, china, silver, kids don't want it anymore. Kids, um, their children may have all of their own stuff already and their grandkids aren't interested in things that don't go into a dishwasher or take a lot of care. Um, so we see that all of the crystal, um, all of the china, the silver, um, no one wants, no one in the family wants it anymore. And so there's getting to be quite a glut um, of that sort of thing in the market. Um, so just myself, in the last four years, I've done over a hundred moves. So for all of those people, they've all been getting rid of that sort of thing. And yet there's nobody on the back end of that taking it. So none of that has any value anymore. And there was a perception at a time that this stuff had value. I mean, some people probably thought they could sell it and get something. Yes, exactly. And, uh, and it's even to the extent of furniture. So all of this fine furniture um, that is real wood, um, if it's Victorian or something before that, at this point in time anyway, people don't want it. So what is valuable is that kind of mid-century modern furniture, teak furniture, that nice sleek Danish thing, anything that you saw in Mad Men, that is what it has a value. And a lot of that other furniture right now just doesn't. And it's devastating to people. I but can imagine they've had it all their lives and thought they were either going to make money from it or make a grandchild happy with it. Yes, and, uh, and Royal Dalton collections are another thing that, uh, that just don't have a value anymore. And that some people find that really difficult to understand. All those dolls. <laughs> <laughs> so when people choose to do this, sometimes their lives really change and often it's for the better. We hear about people um, being elderly and staying in their own homes, which is a lovely idea. Um, but for some people, it's very isolating. And so you have um, people who aren't eating properly, who aren't seeing other people. Um, they're social, but it's very difficult for them to get out. And so all of a sudden they go into this facility where there's a lot of people around and a lot of activity. Um, they have to get up in the morning and there's a definite routine there. So they have to get up and um, have breakfast. Uh, they ha um, typically, they can go downstairs and have lunch in the dining room and supper. So they have to get up, they have to get dressed, they have to get going. They can take um, as much or as little part in the activities that the, that the facility has um, going on, 
um, card games, um, uh, yoga, all kinds of things that are organized. They don't have to take part in them, but they are going on and they could. Um, bridge is a huge thing. And so anybody that can play bridge has automatically speaks this special language um, of a lot of people that are in this, um, that have apartments in the facility as well. And so they're just immediately um, brought into that whole group of people that play bridge. And um, they, you just see them blossom. I'm, I'm often in these places um, a few times a month and I'll run into the people that I moved in and they look so much better. They're so much happier. They're with people that are their same age that have similar experiences and uh, they look great. They're eating properly. Um, they're sleeping better because they're not worried about their house or, or, um, or I guess part of the thing is on the meal part is that it's not just making a meal, but they have to get out and figure out what they're going to eat and then they have to go out and buy it and cook it and then clean up after it. And now that all that's gone and so they have none of that stress and uh, they just look so much better and they just seem so much happier and they just kind of bounce back from whatever um, uh, sad situation they were in they yeah. just they it just makes you feel better because they look so much better and they're so much happier it's true some people have this idea of oh you know mom I'd rather see her in her own home but it sounds like it is a, it can be a good experience and I'm thinking in particular in the winter time you talk about getting out and needing to buy food that can be quite isolating if you can't you know, walk and drive easily in the winter. It sounds like that's just a whole level of challenge that goes away. Well, that's a whole level of challenge for them. And if their kids are around taking care of them, it's a whole uh, level of challenge for them. And they feel so much better knowing that their, their parents or parent is in a place where somebody has their back. So um, it may be that they're in independent living so they can come and go as they want to, but people are watching out for them. And so if people don't show up for a meal or something, then somebody goes up and checks and sees what's the matter. Um, and and uh, maybe there's nothing the matter, but at least they know that people are checking on them. And so the whole family stress <laughs> level goes way down. And, uh, and it's, um, so it's a nice thing. So it isn't always the best thing to hear about people living in their own homes. You know, an interesting thing Shirley points out is around food. Even older people who can still do a lot to take care of themselves sometimes lose interest in making all those meals, but they still need to eat. Some of these people have decided that they're not cooking anymore. Oh, and I have, yes. So the very first couple that I ever moved um, into independent living were in their 90s. And the, we were talking about the, the move schedule, so when they wanted to move into this place. And the wife said that she wanted to wait another month or so until she could get things more organized in their apartment. But the husband wanted to go immediately. So he, he couldn't he was ready to go the next day, you know, just pack him a bag, he was ready. And it turned out that um, the biggest thing was the meal plan. So his wife had been feeding him toast and eggs, I think, for the past three years, that that's about it. He didn't know how to cook, 
and uh, and so his his whole menu was really really limited. And when he went to um, to see the new suite and to have a tour of the building, they showed him the menu, and he had choices. <laughs> And so he was so excited about getting down to this dining room and being to have and having three choices for dinner. He was that it was just sign me up and get me there. So uh, finally, going to have a pork chop again, or a, a steak and and fries. I think that was his dream. I dream of fries with every meal too, or at least potato chips every night. Oh yeah. But let's find out what happens to all that stuff that doesn't get to go on the move. Can you talk a bit about the stuff that does get left behind? Like, what do you do with it? Nobody wants the brown stuff. Nobody wants the china. Where does it go? Well, there are places that will take it. But um, what I, I do try to find is some place that has a truck that will come um, and pick it up. It has to be packed up, um, but there's lots of charities that can take it. And um, some... I'd like to find somebody with a truck so that it doesn't cost the person a lot of money to actually pack it up and move it out um, when they're not going to get any value for it. So there are lots of charities. Every neighborhood um, has different charities there that that will take it. And um, so that's, that's what I try to do. There, um, there really is kind of... You can look at goods in a house in kind of a pyramid. So at the very top, and and um, as not very much stuff, is probably the stuff that still has value. So we do try to find um, ways to sell things if they still do have value. So if if there is teak furniture in the house, we will find we will try to find someone to get the best price for it. Sometimes there are um, paintings or pictures in the house that do still have value. And we do um, find different dealers or somebody to take it and to sell it. Uh, there still are auction places where um, furniture can go and be sold. Um, so we try to deal with that um, at the very high end of that pyramid. And then in the middle, there's still a lot of stuff that can be reused and recycled. And so um, that's where we go in and we package things up. Like everything has to be back in a box for for someone to pick it up, and um, there's lots of places that will do that. So that's great. And if if there's um, if we have to move it somewhere, then I'll get a mover to do that. And then there's all the other things at the very bottom of that pyramid that um, can't be recycled and can't be sold, and so it just has to be disposed of. So that's all I'll say about. <laughs> about how, but it does, it, if you're trying to get a house cleared and cleaned, it has to be cleared and cleaned to the walls, and, uh, and so it all has to go. It can't go in your children's basements? Well, some of it, that's how it does get, dis, you know, of that middle stuff of reused and recycled, and I will say to kids whose parents say, here, take this, just take it. Um, if... If it's sitting there and, and your parents want you to take it, just take it. You can dispose of it. You can, you can drop it off at the, at the nearest uh, clothing bin or some sort of, uh, of uh, charity place, Salvation Army or somewhere. But 
if they if they offer it to you, please take it. And then they don't have to stress out about it. So Shirley comes in, gets to know the person who's moving, where they're going, what things they want to take with them. Then she packs up the whole house, cleans it right to the walls, coordinates the move, gets rid of the stuff that can't go and sets up the new place. Sounds heavenly. So I asked her, what does that cost? Because it sounds really expensive. Are we talking thousands or tens of thousands? Are we talking thousands or tens of thousands? No, 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 thousands. So okay. let's say a one-person, one-person, um, a one-bedroom move um, out of a, an apartment building that's in the general area of wherever it is that they're planning to move to is usually about $3,200. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. Well, people always tell me that it's the best money they ever spent. <laughs> Because they go out on move day and get their hair done or go and get their pedicure or go to a movie or read a book. So, And will you do this for younger people too? <laughs> I was just going to ask that actually. So people uh, who are the age of Margaret and, and, and me, um, would and me. you, and you do, for instance, yourself, do you look around your house and think, oh, maybe it's time I got rid of that because I can see it's going to, you know, it's gather, It's not something I'm really attached to and uh, it's, why not get rid of it now when I'm able? And we do, we're doing that, my husband and I are doing that now. So there's a lot of books and things that we don't read anymore. So I think we've got rid of, we still have quite a few books, but we've got rid of three bookcases in the last year. Um, we've gotten, uh, he doesn't do as much woodworking as he used to. So a lot of the tools went out a couple of months ago. Um, so we're doing that now. And uh, whenever we clear and clean out a house, all the women and guys that I get to help us after going through one of those projects, they immediately go home and start clearing out closets and basements and just going, I don't want anybody ever to have to deal with my stuff. Uh, yeah, it's an act of generosity almost for your own kids. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. What do you think, when you talk about the too much stuff that we have, Marie Kondo goes on about everybody has too many books. What's the one thing you see too much of? Or is there one thing? I... Everybody seems to have a different quirk of things that they keep. Some people, it's linens. Like, you'll just walk in, you'll see this linen closet, and they'll have about, they'll have a real fetish about sheets and pillowcases and things like that, and you'll just see, um, you know, 40 sets. Well, who needs that? Um, or towels. They'll just have sets and sets and sets of towels. And... Um, some people like dishes and knickknacks, um, and um, they'll have cabinets full of them. So I don't know. I think it's there's not one thing that you can say. Some people love dishes and and uh, little silver things. Not me, but no. <laughs> it's going to be my shoes. I know it's going to be my shoes. <laughs> Well, that's another episode of St. Vincent Veritas. Thank you for listening. We'd like to thank Shirley Blaney from Moving On Property Services. Find her online at movingonpropertyservices.ca. If you enjoyed this podcast, visit our Facebook page, St. Vincent's Nursing Home, and leave us a comment. 
And if you have an idea for a topic you'd like us to address, leave that in the comment too. We'll see you next time.